Hello, and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. My name's Mandy Sinclair, known online as Mandy in Morocco, and I'm the host of the show. On this episode, I'm chatting with Labib Al Mumni, an architect working in Casablanca on both public and private projects. But he's also passionate about architectural conservation and public education. You see, I met Labib through the Chasm Memoir Association, an organization dedicated to raising awareness and safeguarding 20th century architecture in Casablanca. I was writing about the need for architectural conservation in Casablanca's downtown core for the independent. For this article, we focus mainly on Art Deco, but also Neo-Moroccan and Neo-Moorish styles that developed as Casablanca grew during the French protectorate era. We kept in touch and Labib has launched a new association dedicated to highlighting the architectural and urban heritage of Morocco from the second half of the 20th century. Think brutalist, a style I'm learning to love. And so I was keen to hear what he had to say about this architectural style that is now common throughout the kingdom. I'm really excited to chat with you about architecture. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I know you are an architect with a passion for architectural conservation in Morocco. I find it's not something that's really done here, but you're involved. You were telling me that you've started a new association called the Association of Memoirs des Architectes Modernes Marocains with your friend. Exactly. Zimani. Yeah, exactly. And so tell me, what is this project about? What are you guys, what's the goal of the, this association? Well, um, you know, you know that I've been uh, I've been a member of the association Casa Memoir for I mean since 2011, and we we've been treating we've been doing really really great work with the uh, heritage of modern architecture uh, from 1912 to 1956 basically, and um, and and me and my friend we were we were asking about more. What happened next? I mean, what happened after the independence of Morocco? Mm-hmm. So um, that was our concern. We tried to to see if there are any books, anything that um, that related to this work that was done after that. But we didn't find actually much. So our idea was to create another association um, that will be much more concerned and much more um, detailed into the architecture of post-independence. So we are working um, about a period between 1940 to 1980. Um, so that's 40 years of uh, a lot of uh, styles, a lot of uh, development, and also uh, years of the reconstruction of a new Morocco, the Morocco that is independent, started from 1956, right? And so... Um, our project was basically doing some um, some awareness uh, with the tools like uh, really archiving some works of those architects, trying to um, to see these architectures. And so we were a bit doing uh, some trips in the, in Morocco, looking for these kind of uh, diamonds that are lost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, and we try to see and to link between the old photos and old plants and the original things 
bit between the, the original, uh, I mean, the old photos and also the recent photos. So to see if they are still here, if they are being changed, if they are anything. So that's the whole point. And the idea here is much more to see what's going on with this heritage because today, uh, we can say that the risk is not so very, very, um, very, very important. But in, let's say, in 20 years, it will be the same as we are talking today about the buildings of the 1920s yes. that are actually in the risk of being demolished. So for the listeners who may not have been, um, uh, who may not be aware of the architecture that was built during, the buildings that were built during the Protectorate era, can you just give us a bit of an idea as to like what was the architecture that was built during the Protectorate era? In the Protectorate era, we were dealing with some styles like Art Deco, of course. Mm -hmm. So Art Deco uh, in the 20s and the 30s. Uh, we were also having uh, styles like Neo-Moresque, neo the Neo-Moresque architecture. Uh, it was inspired by the Islamic architecture, but, but it was uh, designed and uh, done with new materials at that time. Um, we are also dealing with uh, the Neo-Moroccan architecture, which is uh, another time a traditional uh, type of uh, inspiration, but constructed with with uh, concrete, which uh, which at that time was uh, was this new invention, um, you know, and um, and also there are a lot of styles that that can combine, um, and all that we started doing modern architecture started to 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 be in cities like Casablanca, big cities basically, and uh, started from 1940. We were dealing much more with international styles, like the modern architecture um, by Le Corbusier uh, uh, Foundation and all that. So, uh, so that's that's the style that we uh, we had in the uh, protected era. Uh, well, after independence, uh, there was this link between what happened before, of course. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the modern architecture started booming as well. And we uh, we started seeing some styles, some new styles, as brutalism, for example. Mm -hmm. And uh, and of course, uh, these architecture of this period, which is what was really really interesting about them, is the, uh, the they tried to make an identity of the modern Moroccan uh, uh, people. You know, mm -hmm. like they are really wanted to. To, to say to the world that they are independent uh, politically and also in terms of architecture, they are independent because they are using some kind of um, inspiration, regional, and they are very, very Moroccan, right? They, they try to, to, to emphasize the identity of Morocco in architecture and in modern architecture. So that's, that's the, really uh, fascinating because I'd, I'd love to talk about some examples because basically when I think of architecture in Morocco, it's like Riyadh and Marrakesh, Casbahs in the South, um, Art Deco in Casablanca. So what, like, when did the brutalist architecture arrive in Morocco and what are some of the Moroccan touches that were added to this style? Well, um, versus in um as just for the listeners to know what is Brutalism for, I mean, Brutalism started in, in, in England, right? Uh, we had the Smithsons, uh, Peter Smithson and Alison Smithson. They are a couple, um, they are architects. 
and they actually first use the term brutalism uh, to emphasize everything that can be uh, in this uh, kind of ethic of um, not really making too much into details and into the picture, but working things naturally. So the fact of using concrete uh, and its natural um, and its natural uh, use from the first time without even painting it, that was kind of idea to say, uh, well, we don't really, really need to, to cover things up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just do it and let it go. Uh, it, it was very, very interesting, this kind of ethics, uh, before the aesthetic even, mm-hmm. right? So in Morocco, brutalism started with this national, uh, international movement. So, um, in the regions, uh, in different regions of Morocco, we started using um, using the, this kind of style. And we had some hotels, some amazing hotels done by architects like Farawi and de Mazière with uh, this style, brutalism. What is brutalism in Morocco? Is the use of natural um, materials that we are looking, um, that we are actually using from the site even. And also the using of influence, international influence, by using concrete in its raw, let's say, picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those buildings, uh, as you can see in in, in our Instagram mm-hmm. uh, Instagram uh, uh, of Mama, is some buildings that were built in the seventies, especially, mm-hmm. and using this kind of this kind of uh, uh, this style that was internationally renowned. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that makes Morocco special in this style is that the use of uh, cultural. Uh, of Moroccan culture and also Moroccan inspiration into the brutalism, which is international style. Wow. Yeah, so basically, uh, in some hotels, you might find that everything was designed uh, for Moroccan users. Uh, the use of the leash, for example, uh, as a traditional uh, as a traditional ceramic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the use of uh, even even how we are making ventilation and light into the into the house um, is very different, of course, from from Europe. Uh, here we are trying to cover up from the sun because it's too much sun we have in Morocco. Uh-huh. But in Europe, in Europe is the is the uh, is the opposite. We are looking for sun, yeah. so we are opening. Um, so the, those architects, they they really used. Um, use this international style, but make it much more, let's say, local. So if we, if I can really translate that into a new term, maybe we can talk uh, about uh, the regional brutalism in Morocco. Who were the most prominent architects working in this style in Morocco? Well, at, at that time, a lot of architects worked together. So we, it was something around 40 architects. You know, it was not too much architect. But uh, uh, the ones that are really, really using too much of this kind of this stuff, for example, is uh, uh, the associated uh, firm between Farawi, uh, Abislam Farawi, and uh, Patrice de Mazier. Those are two architects who started working from 1960. And they made one of the most fascinating buildings in, in the whole Morocco. They made a series of hotels in, uh, in different cities in Morocco. Because at that time, um, Morocco wanted to make tourism much more, um, 
important. So they made this kind of politics to uh, to design hotels in every uh, big in every village mm-hmm. uh, in the Atlas, for example, or even in the regions of Morocco. Yeah. And they chose they have chosen the the highest points in that village, and in that highest point they made a hotel. Wow. So uh, those architects, Farawi and de Mazir, they made uh, something around seven hotels uh, in these regions. So uh, that's Farawi de Mazir. There is also, of course, uh, Jean-François de yes. uh, who made... my favorite. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he, he is, let's say, the most uh, renowned architect internationally uh-huh. uh, today. And so he, he made a lot of British architecture as well. Uh, very, very, very sculptural, very, uh, very emphasized by its forms. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's also, uh, there are also some architects like, uh, like, uh, Tastema and, uh, and Elian Castelnau. Mm-hmm. So Henri Tastema and Elian Castelnau, they are the Smithsons of Morocco okay. <laughs> because there are also a couple who made different, um, uh, Buildings in Casablanca, especially in Rabat, especially in Rabat, mm-hmm. um, and so they made a lot of British architecture as well. Uh, and can we just go back the hotels that you mentioned that are located throughout the um, Atlas Mountains? Are they what is the um, hotel chain called, and is it still operating? Can people still book in and go, or what's happened to the buildings? Well, it's not just the Atlas, it's all the regions uh, that for small cities. Okay. So in the Atlas, we are in three cities like Kalat uh, Maguna. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something around 80 kilometers from where is that. We are in Taliwin, for example, mm-hmm. and also that is mm-hmm. in the north. Uh, there is uh, some uh, in the north. We are also in some cities there, and so um, those hotels they are they were uh, they were government hotels. They were the state hotels, okay? Okay. And so some of them today they are just abandoned, like mm-hmm. the uh, like Taliwin Hotel, which is abandoned today mm-hmm. from 2003. Okay. Um, and some hotels are still functioning because they were bought by uh, private uh, private uh, hotels, hotel uh, uh, companies like, for example, Saluka. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saluka who bought the Dadis Telewin. Okay. Uh, fortunately, they bought it, so it's still working. But unfortunately, they changed the whole interior. Oh no, okay. <laughs> so the exterior of the building is still the same. Mm-hmm. We can see it, we can really uh, refer to the original uh, building, mm-hmm. but the interior was completely changed. Um, mm-hmm. But people still can, can go there and see the architecture and see the spirit of this. Uh, this uh, yeah, but that's that's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's just abandoned. Sometimes, even if it's uh, even if it's bought or even if it's functioning, mm-hmm. uh, the company or the people who came in they don't really know the value of it. So, so mm-hmm. sometimes it just starts uh, changing things up. Even in Marrakesh, you know, uh, in Marrakesh, the hotel uh, that is called uh, um, Al Muhad, mm-hmm. which is beside the uh, Jamal Sina, mm-hmm. the square Jamal Sina, mm-hmm. uh, it was also a building of Farawi de Mazier, and it was completely uh, changed in the interior and also exterior. Wow! But I have some. We have some amazing photos of it. I mean, uh, and one thing interesting when I told you about the architecture 
and the use of local things. Mm-hmm. Uh, those architects, they even invited artists every time that they had to do uh, a hotel. They invited uh, a Moroccan artists to do some work in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you find a ceramic panel, sometimes you find a, a fabric, sometimes you find a tapestry thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really, really interesting and, and emphasized all the culture of Morocco. Just a quick time out. If all this chat about travel and exploring Morocco has left you inspired to visit, but you're not sure where to start with planning your holiday, I cannot recommend the services of my friend Chris Martinus from Sun Trails enough. His in-depth knowledge of Morocco is mind-blowing. His passion is inspiring. And the trip he planned for my sister and I back in 2016 left me amazed at what's out there to explore. Get in touch via my podcast and I'll happily connect you so you too can experience an off-the-beaten-track trip. But now, let's get back to chatting brutalist architecture in Morocco. I just want to reference the Instagram page that you have, the uh, Mama Group face Instagram page. I think all of our readers interested in architecture in Morocco should really be following your page because you're bringing to light some really interesting um, buildings that are still in use today, I believe. You posted some some brutalist mosques um, on your page on an Insta story recently. So Absolutely. Yeah. That was very interesting. I just asked uh, asked the followers, mm-hmm. what are the mosques that you know brutalist? And, and everyone started really pointing the, uh, the, the only uh, most famous one, which is in Casablanca mm-hmm. um, by Zivaco. And so when I showed them that there are there there is also some others, they, they were really really um, surprised. Uh-huh. Um, but they are, let's say, as I told you, they are diamonds that are just lost, and absolutely. you need to look for them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but in Agadir, for example, um, um, when they wanted to reconstruct Agadir after the earthquake. Uh-huh. Uh, they invited the architect, he invited um, the architect in charge, whose name is Moad bin Barak. He invited lots of international architects. One of them is, uh, is a very renowned architect in Germany. His name is Hans Lenz. Mm-hmm. And so Hans Joachim Lenz. And so he did, uh, he did the sports center in Agadir and also he did the mosque. Uh, one thing really, really, really beautiful is that uh, someone who is not religious at all, Mm-hmm. Uh, not even Christian, and will do a mosque in an Islamic country, mm-hmm. and that gives you a very, very beautiful building. It was a mosque, a brutalist mosque, mm-hmm. but completely, uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, we already posted, and everyone liked it. But um, this shows you how much, um, how much this, uh, this, this era, this time was very opportunate and it was very interesting in the production of architecture in the history of Morocco. Um, and so this protest mosque today is the mosque of Lebanon. Uh, if uh, some of our readers they are from Agadir, yeah. they will know it because this is the central mosque uh, there in the, in the, in the, in the downtown. Mm-hmm. So it's called the mosque of Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And you can't by any chance recognize that that mosque was brutalist today because it was completely changed oh it has been yeah of course. Okay. <laughs> okay but then this uh, let's just go back to this brutalist mosque in Casablanca because I mean there's the Hacento mosque which is so beautiful um, and there's so many different architectural styles you know there's the art deco churches and the sacre coeur that's like art deco meets gothic but now there's you're telling me there's a brutalist mosque there as well is it still in its original condition and if 
and where is it? Yeah, yeah, there was there was the one in Baizivaku. Uh, there is uh, one another which is in Hemuhmedi. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very. Um, it's not really uh, in the. Uh, it's not really in a big bowl or something. It's really mm -hmm. uh, in some streets. I just found it by chance. Wow! Just walking and found it. Uh, it has a brittle cement as well. There are different answers to why doing brutalism, you know? Mm -hmm. One of the answers was uh, building quickly, the most uh, fast, uh, mm -hmm. the fastest way possible. And the fastest way possible was to make just things and without really doing any automation or just covering up, just build it and just go. So uh, that's why we have, uh, in Morocco, we have a lot of universities, a lot of schools, that were that are actually today brutalist okay. because the administration, the Moroccan state, wanted to to build uh, very fast, mm -hmm. uh, and they had this need of building a lot of schools, a lot of universities. So there was no time to uh, to start doing other things, mm -hmm. and so brutalism was here uh, as an answer also to this. Because it was the 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 the, uh, the perfect answer to make things uh, very fast and the most simple way and the most clear way in functions and all that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why, as I told you, um, some of the universities, for example, like the University of of uh, uh, of Medicine in Casablanca, mm -hmm. it was built in six months. Wow. You know, and okay. it was it was the first university to be built in prefabricated concrete. So they made it in the factory, mm -hmm. and it just came there and just put it all together. So you have a, a big university in just six months, which is okay. impossible to do today. You know, yeah, absolutely. Wow. And so, where is there one city in particular or one region where there's a greater concentration of brutalist architecture or is it just kind of, as you said, it was responding to a need so it's really all over Morocco? It's all over Morocco, but the most interesting uh, concentration of it is in two cities. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in Agadir. That was a city that was reconstructed in 1960. Mm -hmm. So everything there is about brutalism. Mm -hmm. So I found a big, huge concentration of brutalism. And also uh, Rabat. And uh, for us, for Mama, for Mama team, let's say, mm -hmm. we we think that Rabat is the capital of Brutalism in Morocco. This is where uh, all the administrations are. Yeah. And basically, all of them Brutalists, uh, let's say 90%. Mm -hmm. uh, schools as well. Uh, and all the firms, uh, the big firms of architecture at that time, they were all in Rabat. So they constructed even housing and, and, and even different programs, they, they made them uh, in a brutal way. So in Rabat, you find much more uh, brutalism than any other city in Morocco. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that's interesting about Rabat is that because, because of, of, of the importance of the, uh, because of the, uh, of the abundance, let's say, of brutalism buildings in, in Rabat, People of Rabat, they started, let's say, be aware of that, that the concrete should not be painted. So in general, 
that's the only city where you find brutalism still looking as brutalism. Yeah, you know? true. I noticed <laughs> that. I was there last year, and I noticed that there were quite a lot of brutalist buildings. Yeah, I mean, there... Yeah, in general, all the administrations and all that, they kept they kept the raw concrete as raw concrete without even painting it. Um, so, 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 so that's that's the interesting fact about Rabat. And so, you are an architect that's practicing in Morocco, but you also, as you mentioned early on in the conversation, you're very concerned about um, creating awareness about architecture in Morocco and what we have here. And you're working on a, a map, is that correct? Working with students, or what? Can you tell me a bit about this project that you're working on? Well, um, we are working on a project that's called Brutalist Map of Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a project that is funded by the uh, another association called uh, L'Observatoire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made L'Observatoire made a project uh, called um, Le Musée Collectif. Mm-hmm. So the collective museum. And so the collective museum, they invited uh, different associations and organizations to do something that has uh, that has a link between the heritage and the patrimony in general. And so, uh, and so they uh, we applied to this application, and so we had the opportunity the opportunity to have funds to do this project. Wow. So British map is. Uh, it's kind of uh, it's a map of Casablanca with all the most interesting brutalist buildings in the city, uh, and also we will mention also the modern buildings of that period of the post-independence period of Morocco. Um, so we are doing it in two phases. The first phase is to make awareness by doing some workshops. So we started doing it uh, in some public schools in Casablanca. So we are going to schools uh, with, uh, with let's say, 20 to 30 students all around. And so we are telling them about architecture, what is architecture, what is heritage, what is, um, you know, and, and why really it's important to... Uh, to protect and all that. Mm-hmm. And one thing interesting is that we are looking also into the original plans of those schools. As I told you earlier, every, all the uh, the majority of the schools were brutalist. So it was really interesting to link their building where they study with our map. So uh, so so it, it was it was much more easy to to get them to know what is brutalism because they study in one of the schools that is brutalist, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> that is brutalism. So so it's it's very easy for them to understand. Mm-hmm. And and they started really liking their schools in a different way. <laughs> because they're saying, Well, you know, our school looks like a school that these professors told us in London or in Japan. So our school is important. Oh that's so, so uh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh-huh. so when when we do a presentation for them, um, we are, we're trying to really show them the importance of this uh-huh. by by linking by linking it to to abroad by linking it to references in Japan, in Brazil, in, you know, in London. So, because brutalist, that's the most interesting thing about it is that it's international movement. So you can really, really see uh, the difference and also the links between the uh, between different cities. Yeah, absolutely. So for this map that you're doing, 
how many buildings will be included on it or I mean, how, and when will it be ready? Well, um, the project, uh, normally we are going to finish it by, by, uh, by the end of January, okay. uh, 2019, of course. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it will emphasize something around 50 buildings wow. of the Brutalist, uh, period. There will be, uh, there will be public and also private buildings. And also, as I told you, we will exercise also, we will take the opportunity to make also, to point out the uh, modern buildings and also the, uh, the touristic, let's say, buildings. Okay. So the map could be also uh, a scientific map for the professionals and all that, but also uh, a map for tourist okay. people who are just in Casablanca, for example, for a couple of days and wanted to know what to see. And so this map can, can really tell them uh, all the uh, all the interesting architecture in Casablanca to see, rather than just the mosque and the Habuz area and all that. That's so good because I feel like I'm always raising, like since I've met with you and met with Casa Memoir and seen what all Casablanca like, there is to see and do, there's so much more awareness that needs to be done about their, what actually is in Casablanca and these architectural styles are very fascinating. The other um, modernist buildings that you're including on the map, what are some other examples that, um, like I was at the Villa Camembert during Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Is that a a building that will be included on the map? Well, um, uh, of course, of course, that's one, that's one of the buildings. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, that's what, that's when we, uh, we should talk about something important about Mm -hmm. brutalism. Um, uh, in general, uh, the architects who started doing brutalism, they were afraid of one thing, that brutalism would be reduced to use of concrete. And this is what's happening today. Because today, um, we, uh, I mean, even architects are considering that if, that a brutal building should use uh, concrete. Mm-hmm. And every building that has uh, apparent concrete, raw concrete, mm-hmm. that's a brutal building, which is, which is not really true. Because there are some other styles that shows the, 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 the concrete, but not really being into the ethics, as I told you, yeah. of the brutalist era, you know? And so for us, uh, of course, not every building that is, has a concrete is, is actually a British building, mm-hmm. but also not any building that are not, that is not used in concrete is not brutalist. You know, so that's why we will, you will find in the list some of or some of the buildings that are not using concrete, as Villa Camembert, for example, this is La Villa Ronde. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a very few use of concrete there, mm-hmm. but it can be related somehow with some of the facts of brutalism. Not totally, yeah. but we can find them. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, so yes, they, I mean. Some of the buildings, uh, like this villa will be in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the list, mm-hmm. but it's not an easy task to just, uh, to just make it brutalist or not. Yeah. So that's why I told you in the map, we will be having brutalist and also mm-hmm. modern architecture. Mm-hmm. So for example, in, in either way, we will be having this villa as well in the map. 
it can be considered brutal or not, but okay. we will be having it in maps because it's it's something that you should really see if you are in Casablanca as well. Absolutely. What are what would be, in your opinion, the most iconic brutalist building in Morocco? Okay, that's easy to say. <laughs> no, because because really the most uh, uh, I mean just personally, okay. So I'm I'm talking. It's me. It's Levi. It's that mama. It's just Levi, okay. So uh, because Ahmad maybe he has another building. Ahmad, my my colleague, maybe he has another building. I can show you. But for me, it's the post office of Casablanca. That's the most brutalist building. That's the most, uh, let's say, as I told you, the regionalist, brutalist building of Morocco. Um, it's actually, I don't know if you see, if you have a picture of it, but it's um, it's a building that shows you the structure. Everything is brutalist about it. Mm-hmm. But then you have big, uh, big blocks of ceramic, blue ceramic that goes out of the structure. And it's just amazing the location of it, the height of it, the volumetry of it, and also the function inside. It's a, it's a, it's a post office. And so we have some amazing photos shows the, the railways of the, uh, uh, you know, of the letters mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. And if you really see the picture from inside, it's a factory that gives you really this idea of we want to be functional, not really into the aesthetic thing. So mm-hmm. that's for me the, 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 the definition of brutalism mm-hmm. in Morocco. Mm-hmm. And so I like this building most. And where is it, the which post office in Casablanca, where is it located? It's it's located actually in Casablanca downtown near the uh, near Mohammed the Fifth Square uh, near Mohammed the Fifth Road mm-hmm. Boulevard mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and 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 I mean I mean you can really see it uh, once you get to to Instagram page you will see a lot of photos of it because we posted it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> and so is that your favorite one as well? Your favorite? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait to see the map. I think that sounds like a really fascinating. Um, project and I look forward to you know please keep me in touch when it when you're nearing completion because I'd love to to promote it in any way that I can I work a lot with people who come to Morocco and sadly they always think like oh there's nothing to see in in Casablanca or they just say oh well I just went to the mosque and that was it so it'll be nice to to have some other resources to provide. Absolutely. I am so angry when I say this. <laughs> when I hear people saying this, I go, okay, you just, be, okay, that's, that's the only thing you find in Casablanca. Exactly. Okay. No, but but, so but I mean, I mean, it's, it's not their problem. It's our mm-hmm. problem because yeah. we didn't really show it yeah. to people to, to really, uh, so that's, that, that's what we are trying to do now. Yeah, you're bringing a solution. So I just think what you guys are doing is really... Nice, a thank you so much, Randy. Um, initiative. So. And we, of, of, of course, we will invite you when we have the uh, when we will launch the when we will launch the uh, the map. I would love that. Uh, we would love to invite you and mm-hmm. to explain the project. Yeah. And uh, and actually, well, I'm working on my own firm. Its name is uh, El Mumni mm-hmm. El Mumni Architects. Mm-hmm. We are both uh, our brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are we founded our office in, 19, in 2014, mm-hmm. and so we are working in several projects in Casablanca, basically, and also in some other cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, our main focus today is uh, is the uh, markets for the uh, for the street vendors uh, that we are doing in Casablanca. Uh, it's kind of project that uh, that we are making markets for the people who just uh, sell in the streets. 
because we have a big problem of circulation in, in the city just because of these uh, street vendors. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to make for them uh, a very decent place where they can uh, they can sell their things. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, what we call the street vendors uh, market. So we are working mm-hmm. too much into that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we're working also on private projects like right. housing and pilots. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Fabulous. Well, thank you so, so much, Libby. And let's definitely keep in touch about the, the map project. And if there's, um, I really, you know, I'm looking forward to coming and hopefully doing a brutalist tour with you. Very soon. Of course, of course. Whenever you, whenever you need, whenever you want. If you're a fan of getting off the tourist's trail and planning to be in Marrakesh, join us for one of our Tasting Marrakesh food and cultural tours. On our Tasting Marrakesh Gilles tour, we explore some of the 20th century art, stop at some of our favorite art galleries housed in Art Deco jams, and wander through the parks and religious buildings that surprise visitors who dare to venture beyond the Marrakesh Medina. And with some of our favorite buildings disappearing before our eyes, like the Cine Palace and the Villa Bel Air, now is the time to experience the new city. We chat history, eat street food, and shop. You know, some of our favorite things. Our website is tasting-marrakesh.com for more details. That's Marrakesh with a C-H. All of our tours are private and bespoke, so we take you only to the places that interest you. But for now, it's time to say see you in two weeks, when I'll be joined by a travel editor from a leading international publication to chat about travel trends in Morocco for 2019.